Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Hey, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us today. I'm Peter Wilson with bizmarketing.com. We've got our webinar series we're kicking off today, uh, presented by our company, bizmarketing.com. We've been around for about eight years as an agency. We have more than a day. It's uh, myself. Peter Wilson, president of Biz Marketing, and I'm joined today by Chris Goldman, who is our story brand certified guide. Chris, say hi. Yeah, it's good to be here. I uh, appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, today is, as we said, this Marketing Through a Crisis series. It's a series of webinars, and it doesn't matter if you're a, a dentist, you have retail space, uh, maybe you're coming from the art world. It, it really doesn't matter where you're coming from. What we're sharing with you today is kind of the best of what we've been seeing and looking at. And we're going to cover not today everything, but today is just getting started. And we're going to cover a top uh, several topics. And Pete, what is this series going to look like from where you sit? So, um, you know, if you're a business owner or you're managing an organization, uh, we really want to make sure that we cover all the um, the primary areas of digital marketing and some messaging as well. And today is an overview. So we'll take deep dives in the weeks to come. We're gonna move through the material quickly. So we will have a resources page where you can get uh, links to the resources and some of the slides and things like that. So the primary thing we're trying to do though, again, is to cover, um, Today, we're just going to cover an overview, and then we're going to go deep dive on those topics that you just saw on the screen. Yeah, and we understand that we're in a crisis, and only if uh, some of the businesses are going to emerge really strong. Uh, some, unfortunately, aren't going to emerge at all, uh, and some are going to emerge just way behind the eight ball. And the question we have in this unprecedented series of events that we're dealing with is how do we thrive coming out of this? And we understand as business owners, a lot of what you're doing is trying to simply survive and keep things afloat, take care of your employees, your families. Uh, as business owners, you are obviously deeply concerned for the people in your organization. And you have, may not have had the time to listen and process some of the latest information, think through some of the best practices that are out there and strategize, but that's what our team's been doing. Uh, we've been listening, thinking, and strategizing, and we want to share with you what we learned. And that takes us to a guy by the name of Philip. Uh, right. Tell us about this, Pete. Yeah. So uh, a guy named Philip Stutz, he has a couple companies, marketing companies. One is called Go Big Media, and another is Win Big Media. So Go Big Media is a uh, company that manages political campaign strategy and marketing for politicians who are getting elected and reelected. WinBig Media is a company that he took those skills and then translated that to business. He primarily focuses on Fortune 200 companies, so rather large companies. I know uh, most of us are not Fortune 200, 
Um, so he did a consumer survey, his company in conjunction with another company. And um, they surveyed just at the end of March, 4,088 consumers. And they found some very interesting stuff that we're gonna cover today. He is encouraging companies like ours to share this information. Uh, he had no strings attached for us to share it with you. We thank them very much. Uh, so go big media and win big media. Thank you so much. So Chris, uh, yeah. I'll let you kind of take us through that. So like a lot of you, uh, during this odd time, uh, I'm doing an extra project at home working on my deck and I get an email from Pete said, Hey, do you need, you need to look at this study that was done. The title is understanding us consumer sentiment during the coronavirus pandemic and not only look at it, but, uh, really pay attention to all that they're covering. So I started going through it and seeing Philip Stutz. And of course he's well known and a couple of other names we recognize there. But man, did they cover a gamut of questions. They talked about consumer sentiment. Uh, they looked at consumers relative to the media, uh, what was connecting, what wasn't connecting. They, they did a, a deep dive into travel and where are consumers coming in the travel world. Politics, obviously, because we're in an election year. And a lot of us, uh, man, you know, we don't know how this is going to affect the election long term. But Pete said, I want you to pay attention to two questions, 40 and 41. And these are dealing with personal values. So like they asked this question, please consider of all the decisions you make in your life, which could include personal actions, products you buy or decisions that you make in your day-to-day -day life. And then taking those values and applying it into the consumer world that we're in. And wow, it, it turned everything upside down, right, Pete? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really a, a huge shift, as, as Philip said in a podcast that I listened to. We've kind of been on this growth mode for the last 11 years, maybe the last five or six years in the United States. Things have really accelerated. And the, uh, the types of personal values that were affecting decisions were success and admiration, wealth, status, and influence and being in charge and directing others. And those were at the top of the list in terms of what personal values guide your purchases and decisions. Uh, within a, a six to eight week period, that flip-flopped. And what really came to the top is helping and caring for family and friends, which is number one. Number two, preserving your own safety and the safety of your family. And number three, being dependable and trustworthy for your family and friends. And so now, you know, we are making decisions solely on need based on want. So a couple things as a business owner that I really encourage you to think about is what does this mean for your business? How are you positioning your products and services with this lens in mind, which helping and caring for others, personal and family safety, trustworthy and dependable, which, you know, a lot of brands we work with, they already use those, but uh, you may not be. And this is solely what people are using. And it's not just that, uh, these three top values of helping and safety and trustworthy, they've always been at the top when it comes to women. But now what we've seen is the, the male part of our world has risen to value those equally and so they've shot and it's really a complete reversal on what we're looking at now so 
one of the things that we want to understand going forward is that things are not going to go back to normal or the way they were when we go back to what we might call the new normal. Yeah. Uh, whatever's ahead of us is going to be different and preparing strategically for that is going to be key for those companies that want to emerge out strong and ready to go. Cause when the economy starts back up, uh, at least in Washington state with these four phases, social distancing is in place in all four phases. And so it's going to look very differently. I was just at Chipotle yesterday, every six feet, they have a big branded sticker uh, in their line to go through. And so companies are already beginning to adjust to this new world that we're living in. And the other thing is owners are continuing to reel instead of utilizing time, a lot of them. And so those of you that are with us today are the kind of people that are thinking forward and that's going to benefit you greatly as you're preparing uh, for what is ahead. And we want to focus on this messaging that's actually working now. Uh, we authentically care about you. We're concerned for your safety and we are trustworthy and dependable. We're not worried. Listen to it. We're not worried about wealth, success or being in the lead. So I belong to a well-known fitness outfit. I will leave nameless. And when I realized that, oh, they're going to start shutting things down, I called them, said, hey, I've got to figure out an alternative way to work out, probably something at home. Uh, I need to cancel my membership because chances are it's going to be a long time before I'd come back because uh, I'm asthmatic and they've been, you know, say, worried about this stuff. So uh, they said, yeah, uh, you'll have to come in tomorrow morning and fill out paperwork and turn it in at the health club. We don't do that online or over the phone. And I said, well, oh, okay, so what time tomorrow? And they said, yeah, any time before such and such. And I went by early in the morning the next day, and it was clear and evident from the professional level of the signage up that when I was talking to them on the phone, they knew they wouldn't be open the next morning. And so I was really felt betrayed by that. And then a couple of days later, they send out this message that said something like this. We don't want you to be worried about your membership. We will continue to draft your monthly dues, even while the clubs aren't open. So don't worry about getting us your money. We'll make sure and continue to take that from you. And when you're done with your membership, we'll just tag on those many days or months at the end of your membership. So don't worry about us. We got us covered. Uh, wow. I cannot wait for them to open up so I can cancel. By the way, two weeks after that, somebody in-house figured that out and they sent out a message saying, we're pausing all drafts. Now, contrast that with Pete's experience. Well, yeah. I um, had an experience with the Vail Corporation who uh, owns a lot of ski areas in the area. Uh, well, all over the United States. And our season was cut short. I actually ended up going up uh, on the very last day that the season was open. And things even then, they were having social distancing while you're in the lift line. So it was really weird. Um, and we received a, an email that said, hey, um, we're shutting down for the season. Uh, it was like that night or the next day. And they said, we know you're impacted right now. The most important thing is our safety of our, of our staff and our you know, guests. We will get back to you. We know your season has ended abruptly. We know you feel like you got ripped off. Um, we know you signed a, you know, you paid for a season's pass, which by the way, is non-refundable. Um, 
we want to do something for you. So what, uh, and they said, we're, we're not going to, we need to, we need to make a plan right now. We're just worrying about keeping everybody safe. A couple of weeks later, I received an email that said, hey, we, we, we will have something to you by the end of April. Um, we, do, we will have a plan ready to share with you by then. And right to the day, they had a plan and they offered a generous credit towards the next season, which I thought was very fair because, you know, lift tickets are non-refundable. They really didn't have to do anything, especially in this case. Um, but we ended up saving or will save a significant amount of money on our tickets next year. And my, um, my thinking of that brand has increased. And your brand is what it's, yeah, your brand is what it's really all about. And, uh, Pete, I like the language you use when it comes to brand. What, what is a company's brand? What does it mean? Well, I mean, in some respects, it's the identity and it's, at the end of the day, it's that feeling that somebody has when they think about your brand, when they think about you, not even your brand, when they think about you, it's that feeling they have when they think about it. And it's uh, shaped by words and imagery. We all know about brand logos, but here's, here's what I would uh, encourage you to be thinking about right now, is you have a moment right now to work on your branding, to work on your messaging. And you want to make sure that your messaging matches your authentic brand and that that is creating a feeling. And that all begins with words. So one of the things we're going to really be looking at is the kind of messaging you need to get in place for your company, for your corporation. Uh, we use a narrative approach that is called story brand. Some of you have read uh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Uh, and by the way, next week, they have given us permission to give to you for free the keynote presentation of StoryBrand. Now, we will not be able to record that. We're able to present it. We can't record that section of it. Uh, so it's a one-off live. Get your friends, your other uh, business people to be there around the table or virtually around the table to be part of it because Story is utilized to help us keep information, complex information in our head, it's a sense-making device. And it's also the way we communicate. At the end of the day, when uh, Pete talks to his family, they say, hey, what, how was your day? He's going to tell them stories. That's what we do. But understanding how your story and your customer's story intersect is really key. And I want to pause on this point for just a moment. Your customer needs to be easily identified by everyone in your core team, if not your entire organization. And we're constantly amazed at how many companies cannot identify who their customer is. Because your customer can't be everybody. Uh, your customer just simply can't be everybody. You've got to really be thinking about who is our customer and understanding how they win by engaging your products, your company, your services, all of those kinds of things. And so positioning your company correctly, not as the hero of the story or the hero of the narrative or the focal point, but positioning yourself as being a help to other people, that's the key of effective messaging. And to do that, uh, you're going to have to have a website that really puts forth your brand and your message. And websites are important uh, 
And Pete, I think I like your language on this. Uh, talk about well, what I mean. First of all, every business must have a strong website. You must have a strong website. People expect you to have a small uh, a website, and they expect you to have a website that'll work on a phone, right? I mean, this is you know 2020. Hello, these phones have been around for what 10 years now. So um, you've got to have a website that is strong and that it works. One of the things that a lot of companies don't understand is that the website is the only space online that you can control 100%. You can, every single pixel on the screen, uh, if you have the right designer and developer, you can control exactly how it looks. And that isn't the case if you're relying on your Facebook profile page, your Google My Business page, uh, maybe a LinkedIn page, or a uh, Instagram uh, business page, you can certainly post content to those pages, but you can't control the, the full look and feel of it. And they can wake up one day and decide they're gonna change things. Well, that's the one thing about your website. You have 100% control over that. And it is um, a great place to uh, feature your products and services. But one of the things you need to bear in mind is that your website has to present itself as a legitimate company within about eight seconds of somebody pulling it up. That's uh, really interesting, that idea of the eight seconds. I didn't realize it until I started studying data that on average, people will only spend eight to 22 seconds on your website before they go somewhere, either into your website or to another business's website. And so in those eight minutes, they need to understand who you are, what you do, what you do that benefits them, and how to do business with you. And it's got to be that quick. But it's also a place to feature your work. When you say feature your work, what do you mean by that? Well, mean by um, let's say that you are a dentist. I mean, one of the things that you can show is a before and after pic of, uh, you know, somebody's mouth. Uh, especially if they had some uh, alignment procedures or teeth whitening or just their smile. Uh, if you're a roofing company, you can show a before and after of a roof or maybe not even show the before pictures, uh, but just present your work in its best light. Um, I know we have some artists uh, on today with us and one of the things that that you can do is uh, if you are a musician, obviously you can feature your work um, and you could also show your work. So what I really mean is show your work in the best light and it's really powerful if you show your work in its best light when it is being enjoyed by your ideal customer. Yeah. And it allows you, uh, a lot of times we think of it as just a place to sell those products and services, but the more you can show people, your customers you currently have, enjoying your products and services and letting them hear the testimonials uh, and setting up a reviews page, very important for people to be able to access reviews and be able to understand them. So part of what we're gonna do, be doing in this uh, series is making sure that your covering your bases. And we want to talk through this list one more time here so you understand this series of webinars, what we're going to do, and be aware in a few minutes, we're going to open up for Q&A. You have a Q&A button there. 
where you can begin to ask your questions even now that you may have about the webinar series or about where we're headed. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsor. Are you tired of losing online? Tired of watching your competitors get all the new customers while you struggle to grow your business? Your business offers great products and services, but how can you win online? BizMarketing.com helps businesses win online. They offer a complete suite of digital marketing services, including story brand certified guide services and website development. Contact BizMarketing.com today for a free marketing consultation. That's B-I-Z-M-K-T-G.com. Now back to Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. Next week, we're going to have a 30-minute presentation on story brand framework. That's the part we cannot record. And then we're going to be joined by our interactive design specialist, Kyle, who is an amazing designer, does great work. And he's going to be talking about colors and logos and all that, and the importance of how you do design and branding or design relative to your branding. And we're going to begin taking then a deep look at website development and what's involved in that. Uh, Pete, talk about the social media and Google ads and all that fun stuff. Right. So social media, um, most companies are using it in some form or fashion. Most people expect you to be doing something with it. Um, we have developed some um, techniques and some insights into how to get the most out of social media with respect to your brand, how to use the advertising features of uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and um, also Google ads. Uh, one thing that I'll share right now is that we are seeing a significant decrease in some um, areas for the pricing for the ads. So if you wanted to get a message out to an audience, uh, not all audiences are less expensive to reach, but many are. And now is a great time to um, get your message out using those uh, services. Well, it's not that they're just less expensive right now. Uh, I mean, just think about it within your own families and your own circles of friends. How many people are online more than they've ever been online right now? And they're having to be. And so they're seeing those ads left and right, even compared to where they are. Yeah. We also want to talk about reviews and reputation management. What do you mean by reputation management? So um, what I mean by that is your reputation really is reflected by your, the reviews that are about your company uh, online, primarily. That's where people have an opportunity to see them. And what I mean by reputation management is, are you trying to, are you doing something to get more reviews from your clients or patients? Are you manage, are you monitoring your reviews um, online to make sure that, um, you know, that everything being said about you is correct? If something bad happens, how are you reacting to that? What, what do you do if you get a bad review or a fake review on Yelp or on Google um, or some other site? And then finally, are you featuring the positive reviews about your company somehow on your website? 
Have you ever had a bad review, Pete? That uh, I did. A fake. I actually received a fake review from somebody I've never heard of. Um, it really, uh, it really got me mad. I ended up uh, writing back a response that just said, "Hey, never heard of this person. This is clearly a fake review. If you're serious and want to talk about marketing, here's my phone number. Give me a call anytime." So. And the interesting thing is a lot of us don't understand that you can manage those reviews. Uh, people just don't know how. So we want to talk about that. And search engine optimization or SEO, as most of you know, uh, we actually have in our team. Uh, we should mention right now that we have a team that has expertise in coding, expertise in social media, in design. And we have a gentleman who's our SEO specialist. Uh, Right now, currently, actually in South Africa, that we but we know them personally. Uh, everybody on our team is a real person we really know and talk with all the time, and uh, we're going to get some information on that. And then uh, email and mobile messaging campaigns. Yeah. So right now, one of the most important things to have is a list of your customers' uh, email, email, and uh, even mobile phone. But email has turned out to be this. Um, you know, this, this, this capability that um, folks have poo-pooed for a long time, it's still here and it's still pretty strong and it's here to stay. And um, we're finding that a lot of companies who had a list of their customers and potential customers are able to leverage that now to get their messaging out in a very um, personalized way and really communicate with their customers and build a brand. And mobile is using uh, text messaging. I mean, clearly that's the way that a lot of businesses communicate now and it'll just continue to grow. And we'll talk about effective use of video for small companies as well, uh, because a lot of times we kind of feel like that's out of reach or we don't do it at the quality that we need to. So right. all of these resources that we've talked about today, including the slides uh, that we've shown you today, we're going to be putting up on a resource page. But we would also like to know, uh, we'd like to thank you for being with us, but we'd also like to know some of your questions that you may have uh, for us to tackle in the coming weeks, because we really want to shape and customize this where it benefits you the most. Our goal in this series of webinars is to simply help small businesses get back on their feet and get ahead because we believe in small business. When small business is doing well, our communities do well, people have jobs and we have those connections that we're all missing right now. So if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to type those in on the Q and a button. Uh, just put those there and we'll go from there. Pete, what do you want to uh, kind of wrap up with? Um, well, I, I, I'm just really, Super excited to have everybody with us today. Um, and um, it's, uh, it's just amazing that, um, you know, thank you for trusting us to share this information with you. Uh, we do have a question. Um, I don't know if you can see that, Chris. I can. Uh, let me read the question here. I'm a go between for property owners and commercial tenants. While landlords want to partner with tenants, they can't necessarily waive rents while it's a big issue. We are making deferral and repayment plans. What do you recommend we do to help the tenants know that we want to partner with them? The concern is how the landlord is perceived by the tenant six months or a year from now. 
that's a great question. I want to just tell you something that I listened to recently that caught my attention on this topic. On uh, Saturday morning, I was driving around listening uh, to something, and it was an interview about this very topic. Uh, what do you do if you can't pay your rent? It was coming from the tenant base. And the, the interviewer was encouraging people actually make contact with your landlord and have an upfront, authentic conversation about it. And he said, one of the things that they're finding is that tenants and landlords right now are afraid to make the call. They're afraid to have the conversation. They're, they're afraid for the phone to ring for fear of what's on the other end. But he said, uh, and I thought this was really important for everybody in your situation, is to proactively make the call and let them know we are concerned about you. We're concerned about how you're doing. And we want to forge a path forward that benefits both of us. And one of the things he brought up that I had not thought about is that, you know what? A lot of landlords, uh, they don't have a mortgage that they can put on pause. It, this is their income and it's a domino effect. Uh, I have a friend that's in that very situation. They own 20 properties, they owe nothing on them, that's great, but that's their sole source of income. And that sole source of income is tenant by tenant drying up. And they're wrestling with how do we deal with this? And I think uh, what I'm hearing from Stutz and the others is make have the guts to make the call and have the conversation because people are dreading it and you can turn that as a positive. Would you agree right. with that? Yeah, and I, I would say in the case of uh, the question, reaching out to the tenants and letting them know um, how to get a hold of you, how how you know, just make sure that it's they understand how easy it is to have that conversation. Um, so here's another question: What social media platform is best for commercial real estate agents to market on? That, that I, I would want to look at the goals of the organization. I mean, there's a lot of different platforms. One of the ones that comes to mind is it really depends on who you're trying to reach. Uh, LinkedIn is one, especially in the B2B space, that can be very powerful for uh, reaching out to, um, to potential um, clients. So I, my go-to in a B2B space would definitely be that, um, uh, would be looking at LinkedIn uh, first and foremost. The other thing that is uh, important to note is this is why even uh, Pete and I, we have a social media specialist that this, we're gonna have her on with us for an entire episode because this is so important to everyone that encounters their business, whether you're real estate or something else, yeah. what social media platform works best for me. And the other thing that I've learned is what's working now may not be what's working in a few months. Uh, some of this is figuring out who your audience is and what resonates with them on what platform. Uh, she has just let us know that she agrees on LinkedIn as being a really strong platform for that. She wants to let you know that. And also using Facebook is actually really a good option right now uh, for real estate if you're doing it right and well. And one of the reasons uh, we, are, we are honored to have Emily on our team 
is because she has that no knowledge that leads to the nuances of design layout that'll tell you exactly. And, and right. people, I want to pause here for a moment and ask you to address something. When people are doing ads, we back up what we do, at least with our clients, with data, right? Why is that important? I mean, you can just buy ads, but there's something. Well, I think early on in social media advertising, a lot of companies wasted a lot of money. Um, it used to be a great way to lose a lot of money quickly or just blow a bunch of money quickly. And without the accountability of attribution tracking, where you're actually tracking the results, uh, it's a great way to waste a lot of money. And um, now what's happened with most of the advertising platforms is, is they have um, something called um, machine learning built in where if you set up specific goals that you have in mind, the ad, the way that the ads are actually served to people will try to optimize for the specific goals that you've created. And so we are reporting that data back. So it's kind of a positive feedback loop. What happens is you have a goal, you tell the system your goal, it goes out and looks at the audiences and starts serving your ads. And when your goals start being reached, that positive data gets fed right back into the system. And it's using that data to make decisions on how to spend the money in the future. And we've seen, um, in one case, we added about 50 clients onto a system that Google had with machine learning. Within 30 days, we saw a 20% decrease in their cost per lead. So it's, it's very important to, uh, do that. The other thing that we want to look at is uh, being careful that our, our messaging is positive. Uh, there's so much negative on social media out there that when you have a positive, strong message, it tends to stand out uh, really good. One more question that we have here, Pete. Do you feel many companies, big or small, do not stay current with what makes for a happy repeat customer? Uh, amen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the statement really, uh, or the question, I, I feel that a lot of companies don't, I guess that's my answer. A lot of companies don't stay current with what makes for happy repeat customers. Um, and that starts with your brand, which is your promise and whether or not you fulfill that promise. And then it goes over into the way people talk about that experience and whether or not you're even asking them. One of the things that we've worked with a lot of customers on is, hey, ask your clients um, how they felt about your products or services. Were, were they happy? And some people will say, well, I don't want to know. I don't, you know, because that's just like poking a hornet's nest. And I'm like, well, that's pretty short-sighted. Um, so I would agree that a lot of companies um, probably more in the past, I think more companies, more and more as they put in survey systems and um, review systems, and I think consumers are getting trained to be asked and to respond to um, uh, surveys and questions and things like that, in addition to um, just, you know, uh, having a phone call or a conversation as well with the people who are managing the service. 
Yeah, it's a bold thing to ask for input and it's a, an important thing to ask for input as well. Uh, we'll leave with this one story and then a bit of information. I, uh, what I ended up doing for my workouts, I know you're all concerned, is going with the Peloton community uh, and their, specifically their cycling. So I got a Peloton bike and started cycling. What's interesting is after every ride, I've had it about eight weeks, about 40, 45 rides. At the end of every one, it wants me to rate five categories. Overall, the instructor, the stream quality, how difficult was it, and the soundtrack that we rode to, do I like the music that they play? And it takes me about 10 seconds to rate those. And they're constantly gathering from a couple of million people worldwide in their network, constantly getting information. And they're, they're brave enough to do that. So one of the things that we want to become are the kind of companies that we are working, big or small, doesn't matter, with making sure that our customers, we're hearing them. Because that's what communicates we care about them. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.